This is AJ Brown, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with our good friend. He's the co-owner at FantasyPoints.com with uh, a lot of guys you've heard on this podcast before. Of course, the guru, John Hanson, of course, our great friend, Mr. Scott Barrett. But this is the man behind the man, behind the man, the man behind Yards Created, the lead dog in charge. His name is Graham Barfield. You can find him on Twitter at Graham Barfield. Graham, how the hell are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. It's good to talk to you again. Uh, good to come on your show again. I really appreciate the time. Fun time of year, man. We were, uh, we're two weeks away from training camp. I don't know about you, but it feels like the last like two to three weeks just kind of flew by and we blinked and now you know training camps are on our doorstep. So I'm pumped. We're- we're actually, man, like we're just we're, we're we're putting together routing right now for the training camp tour. We're sending out Byron and Trashman and Cody the various training camps. It's actually less than two weeks, man. We're like yeah. we're nine we're nine days away from rookies. Right. We right, are right. twelve days away from everybody. Got to be there. So it's like we're like we're <laughs> we're screaming up on it right now, dude. It's gonna be a ton of fun. And there's a, also as as long as we're talking about dates, we just want to get it out of the way. You know. Early on, just starting on June June seventeenth, next Monday, you guys have some big stuff happening at Fantasy Points. I'm I'm excited to hear about it. I can't wait to try it out. Scott has been talking about this for it seems like ages, but I haven't got my hands on it yet. You you told me you'll send me some stuff after we get done so I can check it out. But um, talk talk about the new data suite that you guys have at, at Fantasy Points and what you guys have going on coming into this 2023 season. Yeah, so in four days the best fantasy tools that are forward-facing, consumer-facing will hit the market. And because Scott is a man of the people, because we're men of the people, because we know how tough this year has been for, you know, last couple of years have been for everybody, we're going to offer this for $50 in year one. Uh, Alex, these tools are, no joke, the strongest you'll find in the space. Uh, you can literally filter. I was telling you before the show a little bit about our filtering and split system. Mm-hmm. Any single statistical split filter you could want for fantasy football for betting we have it Uh, i was telling you for example like you can look up fantasy points scored in the fourth quarter of games where the over under is 50 or more points and filter by all fantasy points for running backs receivers Uh, not only that this is two years of nfl proprietary charting data we have stats that pff sis do not have all of this again for 50 dollars uh this is uh I don't say this lightly. I'm obviously biased, but it's seriously, seriously worth the hype. Scott has been uh, correct in hyping this up, oh, yeah. and I'm excited for it to come out. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been a lot of hype, man. But yeah, it, it feels like um, it feels like you guys have a have a great product coming up, and of course, always great content over there at FantasyPoints.com. So we, you know, here here roster watch, man. We we recognize and you know. Real, real, recognize real man, and, and and the fantasy points crew are are you know some real ass dudes. Um, all right, so let's get into it. I wanted to talk to you about some of this. So I'm I'm putting together our cheat sheets right now, over at Roster Watch and running through these simulations. I'm up to version two point two of the PPR cheat sheet, and there are a few ADP clusters where I'm I'm just like 
I, I wanted to t- talk to you about something that I'm functionally working on right now and trying to work through in, in my head <laughs> because as things are going, there are a few of these spots where I, I have a little bit of trouble just, just kind of separating these guys. I wanted to see if you had any real thoughts about, um, about kind of how these ADP clusters, how you're sorting them out. And this is for season long managed leagues. I know for best ball, it could be a, l- a little bit different. Um, so let's just start with a wide receiver. This one, I think uh, maybe a little bit easier for me than, than some of the others, but I, I'd be very interested to hear your take and how you reconcile this tier of AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, CD lamb and Devonte Adams. Those are guys who all go, you know, mid to late first round through the beginning of the second round and people have them stacked up every which way. Yeah, for sure. I have it ranked Diggs, AJ Brown, um, Lamb, then Adams. So Diggs, I mean, 2021 was a down year for him, but 2020 and 2022 were fantastic. Uh, he was right on the borderline in terms of floor and ceiling behind Chase and Jefferson. Uh, if we play it out, right, like the Bills – this is the year for the bills. Like if it doesn't all come together this year, they need uh, they, they, Yeah. yeah I, I was just talking, not to interrupt you, but like I was yeah. in my doctor's office and they like, he's, he, he knows this is what I do for a living and stuff like that. He's asking me, you know, cause the next time I see him, it's going to be, I was saying, well, the, the next time I see it's going to be close to the super bowl. Right. And he's like, all right, we'll make your prediction. I'm like, Oh shit. I, I was like, well, the, I gotta say it's either the bills or the, or the Bengals for the AFC, because those are the two teams. It feels like, man, this is kind of their window right now. Exactly. Yeah. Bengals, Bengals as well, especially with Higgins in the last year of his deal. But that's, you know, that's the thing with the bills this year. Uh, if this is their year, if they, you know, dig stays healthy for all 16, 17 games. Like if you, you know, when you're doing projections, I, I was talking about this with Scott last night, actually on our show, I think Jefferson chase cup and Hill project very, very similarly. Um, if you're right behind them though, is, is Stefan Diggs. And I mean, if you look at the last 20 games, uh, and compare all of them. Like Stefan Diggs is just marginally, like half a point behind Jefferson. Uh, so I think I think Diggs is the clear one in that tier. Then I think these next three guys, Brown, Lamb, and Adams, are like just right next. Oh, to so, all right. So for you, Diggs is like a clear one. It's like he almost yeah. shouldn't be in that in that cluster, as far as you're concerned. I, I'm taking him ahead of a Travis Kelsey. Like I, I think this oh, is okay. the year. For, this is the year for the Bills. I have him at wide receiver five. I think Diggs is. You know, I think this is a career year for him and Allen. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, Graham, how many in season long, how many yeah. running backs creep into that before digs for you? One, actually oh, okay. two, two, two. Oh, so McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey and Eckler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would take Eckler over, over digs right now, especially okay. in PPR. Um, but yeah, then the next three, man, I got AJ Brown, Lamb and Adams, but you could really convince me on Adams at one over those three. You could convince me at Lamb over AJ Brown. I think the thing with Lamb this year, you know, Mike McCarthy, Says they want to run the ball more, but if you look at the roster, I mean, maybe they bring Zeke back, but I think this is going to be a little more pass heavy uh, than last year. And if that's the case, Lamb, you know, this could be the year that Lamb does actually join the top six, top seven receivers. Uh, I have AJ Brown ahead of all, you know, Lamb and Adams, just because I I believe in Jalen Hurts a little bit more. I believe in the Eagles offense a little bit more. And I believe AJ Brown is just, he's an alpha dog. Uh, Spiked weak potential is just humongous with him. Uh, Adams is three there, but you know, it's only because of Jimmy Garoppolo's foot. If we get good health, a good health report on Garoppolo and training camp, like I, I'm going to bump Adams right back up in my rankings. But just for now, I think it's smart to be a little, a little tepid on Raiders with, you know, all the uncertainty around Jimmy G. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because whenever you look at, I, nobody really talks about Devonte Adams, like he belongs at the top of that tier, but 
and I know that the the betting markets aren't aren't everything, but God, Devontae Adams is. I mean, he has between twelve seventy five and thirteen twenty five as far as his over unders across DraftKings underdog and Prize Picks. I mean, it's like kind of when you compare it to the rest of the. I mean, AJ Brown's somewhere between ten fifty and eleven hundred. CeeDee Lamb's the highest he is is over on underdog at 1150.5. You're right. It's like Stefan Diggs has the better, has the better, as far as the betting markets go, Stefan Diggs actually has the better props than both CeeDee Lamb and AJ Brown. But Devontae Adams, like, it doesn't feel like the betting markets are really discounting the quarterback change for him too yeah. much. It's, it's, it's just, it's an, it's an interesting little cluster. Interesting little cluster of players there. I mean, I think some of it is we're baking in a little bit of regression for Adams. You know, he's going to be 31 this year. Sure. Just watch, watching the games and looking at the stats, like there has been no skill regression with Adams. Like last year, he looked 26 still. And just looking at the numbers last two years, I mean, Devontae Adams has scored as a top five fantasy receiver in 36% of this game. Uh, 36% of his games, it's only uh, only Cooper Cup is higher at 42%. So like I said, man, I, I'm back in on Adams. I just, I'm definitely concerned about Jimmy G. I, I want to pick your brain too. I don't think Jimmy G's a good fit for Adams. Like Adams, Adams is Adams doesn't think he is. Yeah. I, that's my thing is like Jimmy G is very good over the middle. I don't think he's very good outside the numbers. Devonte Adams can win anywhere. This probably is like maybe a moot point and like something that barely matters. But in terms of just like what skill set fits, like I think Jimmy G is probably one of the worst fits for Adams. The one thing the, I guess the one thing that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with him is just whenever because you 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 do projections, you know how this goes whenever you got to and we'll get a lot more insight on this once we get out the training camps, we see where people are lining up and who's in the slot and who, who's who's where. But I, I don't know how they're going to I don't know how they're going to formation into what they're doing when they have a guy like Jacoby Myers two over two thirds of his snaps in the slot. It's like that's obviously what they brought him in for. But they got Hunter Renfro on this very restrictive contract. He, he's not going to play outside. I, I think that. You know, so I would think that even though you worry about him, you know, Jimmy G pushing it, especially to the to the to the boundary side or I mean, especially to the field side from the boundary uh, on those out routes and stuff. I think that since Devontae Adams is kind of the only viable option they have as an outside guy, maybe that makes up for just a little bit. No, so, it, it definitely does. Do. I mean, Adams could sleepwalk legitimately into 180 targets. I think I've been projected for like 170, maybe 165, but like 180 is 100% in the range here. And speaking to that, like, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel for McDaniels this year. Austin Hooper is just an, you know, solid veteran, mm-hmm. good blocker, but Michael Mayer uh, is, is going to be the move <laughs> guy. He's yeah. A he's a, he's I think, <laughs> yeah, I think Mayer is going to catch like 55 balls this year. It'd be uh, cool, man. It'd be cool. Yeah. To see. yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about, about a few running backs here. Just have like four, four or five clusters. We'll we'll talk over before I got to get your get your uh, big takes. So what about the, these three? J- Jameer Gibbs, the rookie in Detroit. Uh, Aaron Jones in a you know in an offense that's breaking in, and basically all three of these guys feel like they have question marks. Jameer Gibbs, Aaron Jones, and Joe Mixon feels like there's question marks about all of them. Right. Feels like you can get all of them, and you know. An underdog super late, but if, if you start doing these season-long managed league sims, these are around three-ish guys for your home leagues. How do you stack up these three? Gibbs is one of those where it's like if I'm in PPR, I'm going to bump him up a few spots in my cheat sheets. Um, I just think he's a, a massive upgrade on DeAndre Swift in that receiving role. Uh, in half PPR, I'm a little bit more skeptical just because I'm not as sure about the touchdowns. I think David Montgomery will be a big factor inside the five. That ultimately will limit Gibbs' ceiling in year one. But, you know, I've made this point before. You know, Gibbs could 
scores six, seven touchdowns this year and still finishes RB 14, RB 15 at PPR. Um, I'm, I, it's interesting to me. I don't know why we've stopped drafting Aaron Jones. Like what happened to Aaron Jones? Like what, and if anything has happened to Aaron Jones, he's not regressed one bit. It's not like Alvin Kamara, you know, he's not going into his age 29 season, uh, clearly regressing. Aaron Jones has been nothing but one of the best running backs in yards after contact, missed tackles, forced, basically any advanced analytics Jones has been fantastic in. Um, I still think he's the same guy. I, I think, you know, Derrick Henry's going in the third round of a lot of underdog drafts. Henry's going in the second round, of a lot of redraft leagues. Uh, if we're taking Henry confidently in the second and third round, like Aaron Jones should be going in that pocket too. Joe Mixon's the one guy though, man, I'm, I'm kind of out on. Uh, I've been super high on Mixon's talent. Uh, basically his entire career, but there was some massive. Yeah, wasn't he one of your big like yards created yeah, guys? Like, I remember that when he was coming out. I, I remember thinking Graham was high on him or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I loved Mixon coming out. I think I think in terms of yards created, he's still one of the best backs uh, that I ever charted. But man, last year was was really rough for Mixon. Uh, behind the best offensive line he's he's ever had, uh, about 70 percent of Mixon's carries went for fewer than five yards. Uh, he was dead last among all running backs in this tackles force per attempt per fantasy points data. I mean, even worse than Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think Mixon is like, I know he's got the big contract. The Bengals really don't have another option. It'll be really interesting to see if they bring in a veteran, but Mixon, just looking at the numbers, man, he, he might be, he might be at the end of the road here. Huh. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting because to me, the way that I've thought about it is like, it, it does seem like there's been a falling off, but it feels like, Feels like between Mixon and Aaron Jones, it feels like Mixon. I mean, he's going to be in the more probably be in scoring position a little bit more often. Absolutely better that offense. Being, with that yeah. being said, he 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 hasn't like you're right. He hasn't he hasn't looked like himself. And you said that your fantasy points data said that. I know that if you look at PFF Sports Info Solutions, some others, they also said that there was an efficiency fall off last year. And I mean, you can kind of you don't even need that to kind of see it with your own two eyes, right? Uh, I, outside of a few just explosive just ridiculous outburst games yeah i mean 58 yards per game last year on average you know previous five years he was at 75 you know 76 yards per game so from a bulk standpoint from a, an efficiency standpoint Mixon's numbers were really bad i mean uh, Bengals run a ton of zone uh, zone blocking okay. Mixon was one of the best zone runners i've ever seen come out of college but last year on his zone carries he averaged just 3.0 yards per carry that's not good um I'm I'm definitely a little afraid of Mixon. I was drafting him though, man. Like in this, you know, in the May when he was going like the mid fifth, late Yo, fifth. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was in there, but he's getting steamed up a little bit. Yep. I, I think there's a lot of risk with Mixon this year. You want to win your fantasy draft? No, I mean, like really. Do you really, really, really want to win your fantasy draft? Because you can win your fantasy draft with the RosterWatch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet, available at RosterWatch.com. It's the revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever, and it's the only tool you'll need this draft season. You've heard RosterWatch live on SiriusXM Radio here on the podcasts from all the NFL training camps. Now all you have to do is follow the three simple rules at the top of the sheet of paper using the RosterWatch cheat sheet. That's it. Three rules. An extra quality draft is guaranteed if you follow the three simple rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The RosterWatch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet. You can't afford to draft without it. It's available now and only at rosterwatch.com. Once you start drafting with the homies from the college and the dudes from work and all the rest, man, Mixon's going to get third round pick. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so here's the hardest one, I think. Maybe it's not. It's the hardest one for me. These guys, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, 
I, I mean, I just sometimes throw my hands up and say, should yeah. I just go by ADP with these guys? Like, I, I don't, I, um, I have, I have many thoughts about each one, but I'd be interested to hear what you think and how you stack up these players in this, in this particular tier. Yeah. Judy was freaking awesome last year, man. Like if we just look at the games that he, uh, so I, I'm a big fan of like, if a guy gets hurt after the first snap, like he did against the Titans, he hurt his ankle or second snap, whatever it was like, we should probably just discount that game. And if you discount some of his injury games and only look at the games where he started and played over 50% of the snaps, Jerry Judy was a top 12 fantasy receiver last year in PPR. Crazy. Not only that, he led all receivers in yards per route run against man coverage. Like Jerry Judy's awesome. If Russell Wilson is not cooked, like I think this is the, it's got to be make or break for Judy this year. So I I have him as the one uh, in this tier. Then the next three guys, man, I'm with you. I really don't. I really don't have a great feel. You can make a case for Christian Watson as easy as you can. Drake London, second year receiver who was awesome to end last season. Like those guys are always, always good bets. But the problem is now they're fourth round picks. You know, I think in years past, Watson and London probably would have been fifth, sixth round picks, but ADP's gotten a lot sharper. We know how to identify second year breakouts better. Uh, you know, Watson and London are not two guys I'm exactly like all in on. I'm also not exactly shying away from. Uh, McLaurin, though, I, I have him ranked ahead of Watson in London. Dude's just been nothing but consistent with okay, that. So, you, so you, it's for you, it's Judy, then McLaurin, then the then it gets then really Watson. nebulous with the Watson and the yeah. Watson London. You could kind of go either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I like Watson a little more than London, just because I think Kyle Pitts coming back. You know, that's a huge, huge thing for London. But McLaurin, man, like with awful, awful quarterback play year over year, he's been around 1,100, 1,200 yards, 85, 75 grabs. Um, look, I know it's not sexy. I know there's going to be weeks where McLaurin scores three and a half points and you hate it, but man, I mean, he's still, he still scores 20 fantasy points, uh, up there with the best of them. So for me, it's Judy McLaurin Watson and then London. But again, it's really tight between all four. I could easily see London's outscoring all, all four of these guys. Like he's awesome. Yeah, no, I do. I could too. And I, but I think as I think, th- as I think through it, you know, with the stuff that, with the stuff with Watson, you just look at the what well, you look at the last what was it the last eight games of last year he was like wide receiver nine in PPR. I mean, he, like I know the one was good to end, but Watson was outrageous to end. It's just a matter of what do we get out of Jordan. I mean, there's just there's 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 questions about all these guys. It's, it's what makes that kind of tier so hard. Yep. Um, okay, here's another hard tier, dude. Uh, here's another one. And this could change by the time people even hear this, if the de- weird DeAndre Hopkins stuff with the Titans happens, uh, because it involves Traylon Burks. Um, so how about this group here? More of like kind of seventh-ish, eighth-roundish in redraft group of wide receivers here. And Traylon Burks, Brandon Cooks, and then the rookies, Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, this is this is the toughest tier we've talked about for sure for okay. me. Um, yeah, Bur- if, if Burks – excuse me, if Hopkins does not sign with the Titans, like I'm going to like Burks quite a bit. Uh, I know he's like the heavy favorite on DraftKings uh, to go to the Titans. I don't know if I truly trust that stuff. Those betting markets are extremely illiquid, like extremely, you cannot get any action down on those. Uh, So I don't know if I really trust them too much. Who knows? But if Burks, if Burks is the clear one, I think he's the clear one in this group. I have not known what to do with Jordan Addison. He's actually been the toughest one for me to project out of this group. 
on the one hand, like he's a massive upgrade over Adam Thielen. On the other hand, he's very, very capped in terms of target share upside. I mean, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, I think are at least going to see. What, what are you guys projecting him? Like yeah. just, just around, do you, do, you, do you have it on you around what target share you're projecting for Addison at this point? I can tell you in one second, um, pull up my screen, but um, let me see here. Him and JSN are, are really, really close. Let me go back here. Because we were having this argument about Addison's Addison's target share, and I don't want to, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to taint what I don't want to, I don't want to taint your answer by telling you what we were arguing about the range that we were arguing about. I got Jefferson twenty seven, Hawkinson twenty one, uh, Addison eighteen. Addison eighteen. All right. So I mean, yeah. it's probably. I think that uh, I was saying that we need to get Addison closer to twenty twenty point five, maybe yeah. twenty. Like, but the pushback I was getting was, well, what about Hawkinson? You donk like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Hawkinson really outshot in terms of his targets per route run. Uh, that was mainly due to that one game where he got like 19 targets or whatever it was. It was like week, what was it? Week 16. He was just like the nuts tight end. Yep. Uh, so that spike game was a big part of it. I, I have. Yeah. So Jefferson 27, Hawkinson 21, Addison 18. I'm kind of with you. I think I'm a little too low on Addison. And actually, I'm looking at JSN right now, too. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I got Metcalf. I got this real tight. Metcalf 21, Lockett 20, 20 and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 19. Um, I, dude, Jackson Smith and Jigba has been nothing but a stone cold baller. Like, even if you look right. at, go look at his high school stats. Like, I know this is so corny and like most Rockwall, Texas, man. It ain't, it ain't corny. Dude, we all know it down here. Dude, though. he yeah. is legitimately like a prolific yeah. high school mm-hmm. player. And then he went to Ohio State with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and had, I'm not joking, one of the best seasons a college football receiver has ever had. Like, no joke. And then he got yeah. hurt. I mean, there's a real chance that he's the best receiver on this team. And I don't say that lightly. Like I've loved Tyler Lockett for the entirety of his NFL career. DK Metcalf is, you know, he's, he's a dog, but I mean, JSN, man, he is going to earn targets in this offense and eat. I think immediately they have, they have an incredible three receiver set. Like that is, it's just, it's ridiculous. And they're all going to play off each other extremely well. So I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited for Gino. Like that's what I wanted to ask you is like, Maybe the answer here is just Gino. Oh yeah, Gino. Gino's great, dude. I thought he was going to be a great pick, and like I thought, like in Scott Fishbowl, I was hoping he would be maybe something I could fall to me, and I could get like a, get that quarterback too. He's just like I think people are onto it though, Graham. <laughs> I think is, I mean, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good situation there for him. And I agree with you, man. It's like some of these times you see the you see the player, and you just. You call it out, man. It's like it's kind of sounds cockney to say JSN could come in and be better than these guys, but JSN is the better prospect coming out than DK Metcalf was than Lockie was. was. He, like, he was yep. he was better. It's just like when CD Lamb went to Dallas. I'm like, well, he's a better prospect than Cooper was coming out. He's a better prospect than Gallup was coming out. It's not it would, like it's not the most ridiculous thing for me to say that this guy could walk in and be the best wide receiver that they have. It's probably not the most likely outcome, but it's like to say that that can't happen. To say that it can't happen is is is, is what's actually crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at too. Is like I, we're you know doing projections and especially in teams where it's really tight between Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. Like we think we know, but really in reality, it's like I mean we're splitting probabilities by like very very small percentage points. And I feel I feel that way with the, the Seahawks this year. It's like especially in best ball leagues, just give me pieces of this offense. You know, like at good cost. 
and, and with that being said, I've not really drafted a ton of Metcalf, and I've just really focused on on Lockett and JSN. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think we're I, th- I think we're in, we're in definite lockstep there, man. Okay, um, how about this one? I ke- I keep going back and forth on this stuff. All right, all right Dal- Dallas Goddard or Darren Waller? They go right next to each other. They're like five spots apart. They're both always there around the you know in the in, in redraft leagues. This is kind of kind of a seventh roundish kind of play, mid round tight end kind of play. But it feels like you get good value on both of them. I'm interested in both. But if they're both available, is there one is is there one that you would prefer? I've got Goddard uh, at tight end six. I've got Waller at tight end seven. But like you said, I mean, I'm projecting them back to back. I think if you want to split hairs, it's like, okay, Goddard is just going to immediately, you know, he'll obviously have his 20% target share. Eagles offense will be great. Uh, the knock against him is Jalen Hurts only threw 22 passing touchdowns last year. Uh, AJ Brown figures to probably get you know seven, eight, nine every year. Monta Smith, you know, he'll always be involved. So I think Goddard is capped a little bit in terms of his upside. Darren Waller could very well be a 25, 20 cent, 26% target share player again this year. However, I mean, he obviously comes with, you know, he's 30. Uh, he's not played full seasons in back-to-back years. Uh, there's a little bit of skill regression. Uh, well, Dallas Goddard is like one of the best tight ends in, in yards after the catch. Darren Waller was horrific last year, like dead, literally dead last in yards after after the catch now granted some of that is due to usage he also had an extremely high a dot so you know he's getting uh, targets further downfield there's less opportunity for yards after the catch because you know the coverage is tighter uh you know he doesn't get a lot of screens so you know it could have just been usage uh factoring to that number i don't think darren waller's washed but i'm just saying there's a, i think a little bit more risk with him vis-a-vis goddard before I ask you these last two questions and, and let you talk about um, talk, uh, you know, give them one more shout out to what you're doing at fantasy points. I just want to ask what you guys are doing when you look at the, at the personnel here. Um, Cause you have two guys in Hodgins and Slayton. So for the giants, right? You mm-hmm. have two guys in Hodges and Slayton who project on the outside. Jalen Hyatt, maybe will come on down the, down the stretch, but you look at who they've brought in in these. So if they're going to be using, Waller is like a slot guy, right? Like they've been talking about. He's going to be heavily involved in the slot, lining up outside. Like, why did they bring in Paris Campbell? Why did they bring in Jamison Crowder? Why, why like Sterling Shep? They they brought back Sterling Shepard, who says he's going to be healthy now. I know Scott always talks about Sterling Shepard about how you can get him so cheap, and he's always good in PPR. Like I've heard this a million a million times in his various pitches. He's sent me for trades involving Sterling Shepard. Um, one, one, one Dale Robinson, one Dale Robinson, he's hurt to start the season, but he's purely a slot guy. Like, does, does, do you start to think like there's too many of these little wide receivers that need yeah. to line up in the slot that maybe there could be a little bit of a squeeze as far as snaps for Darren Waller? Yeah, it, it's gross, man. Like, it's really, really hard to project these Giants receivers. I don't want anything to do with them in season long. Mm-hmm. For best ball, I've had it ranked all offseason. I've had Slayton at one. And I have Hyatt, or excuse me, I have Slayton, Campbell, then Hyatt, then Wandale, then Shepard. Uh, the reason for that is, I mean, once Darius Slayton became a full-time player last year, he was awesome down the stretch. Like, pretty strong wide receiver four in fantasy, led the team in targets, led the team in targets per route run, led the team in you know yards per route run. Analytically speaking, Darius Slayton's the best receiver on the team. And he's also the only receiver, I, I think, that can play outside all the time. Like he's the only guy that can play X. That's really the big differentiator. After that, man, like I think you, if Wandale comes back healthy, like he's probably going to start over over Campbell. 
you know, like Jalen Hyatt's going to struggle for snaps. Like it's, it's really tough. I think it's just going to be a full on rotation. I think Waller will end up leading them in route share, but I'm with you. I don't think any of these guys are probably full true, like 90% snap share players. All right. He's, he's Graham Barfield. You can find him on Twitter at Graham Barfield. Uh, you can follow, what's the fantasy points Twitter handle? Yeah, at Fantasy PTS, and then the data account for the new data suite is at Fantasy Points Data. So, and they can go there. Like you guys have that sign up. You got the stuff for. I know that you have the. You know, the, you guys during the season, you have the DFS podcast for your listeners. You have, tell them about your offerings. Just give them the pitch, man. Yeah, man. New data suite uh, products coming out. So, you know, talking about at the top of the show, uh, all new fantasy tools uh, that are going to be available. For $50, like I, I legitimately feel stupid giving it out for this for this cheap. Uh, but once you see it, once you get in there, uh, you'll be able to see what I'm seeing. Uh, once we launch July 17th, that's in four days, you can go in. We're going to have a free trial option. You can have a free trial for seven days. Check out all the tools. Uh, and I'm sure once you are done with your free trial, you are going to want to subscribe. Yeah, man. I'm proud of you boys, man. I'm proud. I'm, 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 I'm proud. I know how hard you Appreciate guys work that. for this, man. Um, Appreciate it. So go out, go out and support our, our good friends, Graham and Scott. Okay. Here are the, um, here are the questions. Here are the two big ones. These are the ones that people are going to skewer you over if you get them wrong. All right. <laughs> Can't wait. The one player that will certainly smash his current ADP that you're certain he's going to smash. I really like Miles Sanders. And oh, all right, dude. Good. Yeah, I okay, really, man. Nice. Good. So good. we're talking season long, right? Yes. I mean, for season long managed okay. leagues. Yes. Season long managed leagues. I think Miles Sanders is mispriced by two rounds. Um, in terms of workload, if you're again, we're talking projections. Yeah. I think Sanders is going to walk into 225 carries. They've been talking about getting more involved in the passing game. I've never really thought he's a great receiver, but he can play all three downs. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, you know, was scrambling not really checking down too much. Uh, what his role was with the Eagles, especially last year, was truly just an early down player with very, very little passing down upside. I think if the Panthers are telling us the truth, and by the way, Frank Reich is not a BSer, mm-hmm. um, I think he's going to play all three downs. And they paid him like he's going to play all three downs. Chuba Hubbard is not really somebody who scares me at all. I think he's been you know, just a guy. Uh, for seasonal leagues, Miles Sanders will be my RB2 on pretty much all my teams. Graham, and you just think about it like this. I mean, listeners to the this, this serious show and this podcast have heard this from me, but I just wanted to tell you, if if we do think about Bryce Young as a, as a Drew Brees-esque quarterback, which I do, I, I mean, I do, um, and we do look at the way, if you just watched Jameer Gibbs last year, we talked about Jameer Gibbs early, I mean, what, 47 catches last year, like – Bryce Young loves like he loves getting the ball to these guys in the screen game. He yep. just does. He's a lot like Drew Brees in that way. This is true about this three down usage stuff. Whenever Frank Reich says we see him as a true three down back, we got him on a four year deal. He's the most secure of any running back in what was a pretty good free agent class. He got the best deal of anybody. He's got the best depth chart around him. Like he's going to be a perfect outlet for a guy like Bryce Young. I, I completely, I completely agree with you, man. I'm, 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 I'm happy to hear that he's a player that you're high on as, as well. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, and, and I'm like you, I've never been on Miles Sanders. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never been on him. I was the- so stupid last year, man. I got to admit, I loved all of the Eagles. I loved J- Jalen Hurts was like my quarterback in every single team. Well, that loved, wasn't stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I, I loved AJ Brown was drafting him. Loved, especially loved Devonta Smith. I drafted like no Miles Sanders. 
And I, I've been a guy who's drafting Miles Sanders in the eighth, ninth round mm-hmm. every single year. And last year was like, man, I can't, I just can't do it again. <laughs> and that was a massive L. I think, I think sixth round for him is insane. Like he yeah. should, he should be in that third round mix with Aaron Jones. Yeah. You know, and all I those th- guys we were talking about. And 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 in the seat and in the season long stuff, it's it's going to be different than underdog. You're, you're going to be these sims for the season long. You're looking four or five turn. It's still it's still fine. It's still yeah. it's it's still good. I've had yeah. him ranked. I've had him ranked at the four or five turn all off season. I just I mean, I think I would go higher. I could go higher on him. I was talking to Joe Dolan. Like he's got him at like forty. 38, yeah, 39, yeah. 40 overall. I think that's that's actually the right spot about it. <laughs> and real real quick, put a cap on Sanders. Like his rookie year, man, he caught fifty balls. Yeah. Everybody's forgot he caught 50 balls his rookie year, and he was good, really, really good. Like efficiency was great, uh, very little drops, and then you know, like I said, they brought in Hertz and they just stopped throwing to him. Uh, I I still think Sanders is is a very fine passing down player. He's not Alvin Kamara, he never will be. But as long as if we can get him 40, if we can catch him, you know, he can catch 40 balls this year. Like he's gonna smash. No, he oh yeah yeah. All right, here it is, last one, Grand Barfield, one player you are certain is going to bust at the current ADP. This one feels like a layup. I'm going to say Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, that's a good answer. <laughs> it, good it's, answer. But it's he's a ninth-round pick, man. Like ninth-round yeah. pick and half PPR. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind him as much in full PPR, but he's a ninth-round pick and half PPR. Uh, listen, he could not stay healthy for a full season last year. He has – and this is – I'm not hating on Juju. I still think he's a fine player. But I just think, you know, his knee is legit like legitimately degenerative. Uh, 76% route share with the Chiefs last year. He was a part-time player. Uh, he started the year fine, then completely faded at the end. Uh, the Patriots have kind of already told us that, you know, they're interested in DeAndre Hopkins. They brought Devontae Parker back. Like, Juju was not with the, the team on the practice field this summer. Uh, I don't see what everybody's seeing with a ninth-round ADP. I'm, I'm hammering running backs, quarterbacks, all in that ADP range, and, and I'm full-fading Juju Smith-Schuster. 